sometimes you cannot easily pick it. His concern was that these two young men should have gone to the tabernacle side. They had just been appointed as elders. Instead of them to go to the tabernacle to receive the Holy Spirit, they failed to do that. And that was the beginning of their work. So what were they going to do? Were they going to be rebellious? Were they going to be good elders? So Joshua was concerned. Not too much, but just the prophecy. But because of their attitude. But Moses had a very good, consecrated mind. A higher mind. He said that, no, 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 no. I am happy that they are prophesying. But my prayer, my wish is that all God's people would have the spirit of God on them. Why was he saying that? Moses knew that once you have the spirit on you and we in us, then you can know the will of God. And once you know the will of God, you will hear from him. And when you hear from him, the spirit will cause you to obey. Hearing and obeying the Lord's voice in my generation. So this was the prayer of Moses. His prayer was partly fulfilled in the reception of the spirit by the 70 elders. Then later, during the time of Samuel, we realized that he established a school, the prophetic school. Uh, it is assumed that he established a school called the school of the prophets. And I buy it. Why am I saying so? When Saul was called and he was anointed, Samuel told Saul something that I would like us to pick it from 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. He anointed him and then he was giving him the word of God. 1 Samuel 10, 5 from the New International Version. After that, you go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyrics, with tambourines, flutes, and harps being played before them. And they will be prophesying. You see, this is what he told um, Saul. Now, when he told him that and he went there, Saul also prophesied among the people. And in fact, he told, he told him that even after that, whatever he would touch would be blessed and God would follow him. So when he went there, he prophesied that means the spirit of God really came upon him. But the assumption that he established this prophetic school becomes very clear. When you come to chapter 19, verse 20, there you realize that there were a group of prophets prophesying and Samuel was, on, was ahead. He was on top. In other words, he was leading the group of prophets. Before the assumption of Samuel, the word of God was very real and very few people could hear God's voice until the Lord raised him up as a prophet. So it would appear that the, because of the challenge that he had when Eli called him, when the Lord called him, he had to go to Eli. And Eli had to teach him how to respond to God. 
So I think that through that experience, he saw the need of mentoring people. He saw the need of training people. And therefore, he established that school. The school became prominent during the times of Elijah and Elisha. Those people who read the Bible, you realize that when Elijah was being taken up, he went to Bethel and then to Jericho. And the sons of the prophet, they were the people who were uh, attending that school. The sons of the prophet in Bethel were able to predict that God was going to take Elijah to heaven. And then the sons of prophet in Jericho also were able to predict. So the school had now become two, two schools, not only one school, that were training people in the prophetic office. Can people be trained in the prophetic office? If these people could be functioning, and at that time, if those people could prophesy, then it meant that some people could be taught. And once they were taught, they could also respond. And God honored the training that those leaders were given to them. So once you are available to be trained, God is always prepared to give you what you desire. So if you desire to hear from God, he will let you hear from him. He will let you hear from him. He will prompt you. And once he prompts you and you are aware, um, the next the teaching that follows this one is how to receive prophetic message, revelation. It is a very good one that I wouldn't like anyone to miss. These people were able to hear from the Lord. So it is possible that if we teach you and you desire, the Lord will give you what he has in store for you. Now, the school of prophet continue. Um, those people, again, who are Bible scholars, who read the Bible, realize that one of the sons of prophets who died left a debt for the wife. He, le he left a debt, a debt for the widow. And this woman had to approach Elisha. So that was one of the prophets, the sons of the prophets. One of them had to borrow, some of them borrowed an axe to go and work, and it dropped into a river. That was one of those people who were trained in the prophetic office. Now, Moses prayed that I wish that God's people, all of God's people would have the spirit on them and then prophesy. So partly, we see that in the school of the prophets, the Holy Spirit came upon those people who were prayed for and being trained. Now, but that was not the full fulfillment of the wishes of Moses. The prophets who followed up later prophesied about the coming of the Spirit upon the people of God. Uh, I would like us to take a few of them and then settle at the one that was very, very clear, and that is the one by Joel. I will let us uh, read that of Isaiah, and perhaps pick one of Ezekiel, because Jeremiah prophesied about it, um, uh, Zachariah also prophesied about it. But let's pick Isaiah 44, 3 to 5. Isaiah 44, 3 to 5. From the New International Version. For I will pour water on the thirsty land. 
and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will say, another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand, the laws, and will take the name Israel. Now if you take this quotation, Isaiah was prophesying, but it appears that he thought that the Spirit was only coming to the people of Israel. If you started from the beginning, you see, I'll pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. That is the descendants of Israel, Jacob. By then, getting to the end, verse 5, he saw something different. I will say, one will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. So here, the prophecy has turned. Once he was inwardly thinking about Israel, now the prophecy has changed it to other people. Because one will say, I belong to the Lord. That means a nation that did not belong to the Lord. Somebody from that nation will say that I belong to the Lord. And then somebody from that nation will call himself by the name of Jacob. Now outside Israel, still another will write on his hand, on his car, on his building, the loss. And now you see everywhere, I am for the Lord, the Lord is my redeemer. And then he said, they will take the name Israel. So the prophecy has gone above Israel. Although initially he was thinking of Israel, yet later on the Holy Spirit explained it to him. That is, we say that the prophets were just like us. They saw dimly. And then God began to explain it to them. In our time, we see clearer than what they saw at their time. Because we have this as an example for us to follow. So once we read this and have that of our Lord Jesus Christ and have that of the apostles, then ours are more than them. And then we can see clearer than what they saw. May the Lord God Almighty have mercy on us. Amen. And that is why we have to thank God for that. Let me pick one from uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. For those people who are reading, if you have the English version, you realize that the spirit here, the first one is uh, lowercase. S, the S is lowercase. This is human spirit. I'm giving you a new heart, and then giving you a new human spirit, and then remove from you your heart of stone, stubborn heart, and then give you a heart of flesh, a heart that is soft to be able to accept my word. And then if you continue 27, I will put my spirit, this one is capital, so this is the Holy Spirit, 
and I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Other versions and be careful to obey my laws. So here, he would soften your, your heart and give you a new human spirit that is being born again and then give you his Holy Spirit, baptize you with his Holy Spirit and then cause you to follow his decrees to the point that if you don't want to follow him, you will not be happy. A Christian who doesn't want to be obedient suffers a lot because the Holy Spirit will not allow you to go scot-free. Though people wouldn't see you doing what you are doing, inwardly you are suffering. Nobody sees it, but you struggle a lot because the Holy Spirit will continue to convict you. He is only causing you to be obedient. So these people were prophesying, but their prophecies were limited. If you come to that of Joel, he had it. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. Verses 28 and 29. I'm now talking about the prophecy on the spirit coming upon all flesh. The transition from the old to the new is what we are dealing with. And afterwards, from the New International Version, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So here, he had it right. Yes, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It's wonderful. Here you realize that he had it right. God is saying that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Are you included? Yes. yes, everybody. Not only to the Israelites. Then your sons and daughters will do what? Prophesy. So when the Holy Spirit comes, you must prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This one is not may, but positive. Well, they will do it. They will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions on my servants, both men and women. No distinction. All of them, I will pour out my spirit. They will have the spirit of God upon them. So this was to fulfill what Moses wished. A time was coming that God was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, on all people. And then they were going to dream dreams, old men, young men seeing visions, and all were going to prophesy. That is the New Testament promise. Now, when the day of Pentecost came, Peter stood up and told the people that this is the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel said. Peter said it. This is the fulfillment. Because they spoke in tongues and also declared the wonderful works of God. Declare the wonderful works of God. His glorious works. 
Wonderful. They declare that. And then the people, the people who were around, who heard them speaking in tongues, heard them declaring the wonderful works of God. Just like prophecy, you are great, wonderful God. God has poured his spirit upon us. God is bringing many people to his fold. God is beginning a new covenant. They were speaking the wonderful works of God. And Peter said that this promise is for all of you and all those people who would come to the Lord. That was what he told them. If you come to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, in fact, verses 38 and 39, Peter made it clear that the promise is for you. I would like to read it from English Standard Version. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. I like it. Here, Peter had it right, 100%. He had caught it. The reception of the Holy Spirit had given him illumination in the word of God to explain the prophecy of Joel clearly that yes, the promise is for all of you. It is for forgiveness of sin and then for you and your children, for those who are far off, who are not among us. In fact, it is for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And that is very, very true. And this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy. So here, they have received the baptism, speaking in tongues. And then they had also received the prophetic aspect, declaring the wonderful works of God. The glorious works of God, they were also declaring it upon the people. So when the Holy Spirit comes, it therefore causes people to know the will of God and to follow the will of God. God touch your heart. So that you should be able to walk in his way. That is what Ezekiel said. Therefore, if you have the Holy Spirit. And you are not being obedient to God. You are being rebellious. And this is what the author of Hebrews said. That if those people who disobeyed Moses suffered. They were killed, stoned. How much more we those people who have the spirit of God in us? What will be the type of punishment that will come to us? Because our privilege is greater, far, far, far higher than what they had. We have the spirit not just on us, but in us. We have Christ living in us and causing us consistently to be obedient to him. So when the Holy Spirit comes, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. And John 12, John 16, 12, 13. I have still many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he would speak. And he would declare to you the things that are to come. This one... You can later on take it from uh, the, the script. You realize that 
in the Bible study today, this was part of what the Bible studies. And I said, yes, Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing me here. Because you wanted me to do a follow-up. Exactly, this quotation was there, how God speaks. And that was what I was going to speak about. So the Lord wanted it to be sequential, following what you are doing. Now back to it, you realize that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you to all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Therefore, if the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he guides you. Guidance comes through many ways. Sometimes through dreams, through visions, through the inward voice, the inner still small voice in you. Sometimes through audible voice, through prompting, causing you to do something. A sister was saying that she just heard a voice, jump from where you are. Immediately she jumped, a taxi passed. That is the Holy Spirit speaking. So you shall prophesy. Prophecy. Just forth telling what God is saying. The Holy Spirit bringing something to you spontaneously and declaring it. Declaring it. This is what he's saying. But it doesn't end there. Seeing visions. The old people dreaming dreams. And then the Holy Spirit causing you to be obedient. Paul pick it up. You know, he, he pick it up and says that yes, there is the possibility of every believer prophesying. So for those people who are speaking in tongues, I am now challenging you to move higher to the realm of prophecy. And it's possible. Paul says that the potential is there for everybody. And that was the prophecy of Joel. All shall prophesy. I'll pour my spirit and all shall prophesy. So the potential is there. Let me tell you. And you realize that it happens to every Christian. Sometimes you felt the urge to speak something, to prophesy, to say something. You fail, then somebody pick it and prophesy. It, it happens to some Christians. It happens. One time, just when Mama Eunice died, we, and uh, when we were celebrating the funeral of Mama Eunice Addison, one of the women that the Lord really used in the Church of Pentecost, and for the benefit of uh, the Christian community, receiving many songs and bringing them out. During the funeral, I just had the urge that God had given Apostle Apia a message to bring, but he was not bringing it. I just asked us to pray. And when we were praying, I had that urge. So I asked him to pray. And then his prayer was prophetic. Then after that, he came and said, oh, I had a prophetic message. And I said, that is why I asked you to pray. You should have brought it. <laughs> At, one, at our November, was it our November hairs meeting last year when the hairs of the Church of Pentecost had met and we were praying, I also had a message that Apostle Wood, you know, I've never heard him prophesy publicly, had got a message and he should bring it, but he was not bringing it. So I asked him to pray. And then he prayed prophetically. Then after that, he came to tell me that, oh, chair, in fact, what I pray was prophecy. I said, I knew it. That's why I asked you to pray. Tell the people. And then he confirmed it to the people. 
The spirit of prophecy is in you. The possibility is there. You know, if you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. That means the potential is there. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Unless someone interprets so that by that the church may be built up. This is what Paul is saying. So the potential is there. And he's saying that, you see, he has made a very bold step, a bold statement here. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Hmm. You see what is Paul saying here? And I'll agree with him. I agree with him. And I'll tell you why I agree with him. Now, if you come to the same chapter, chapter 14, verse 26, following. He says, what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Then jumping to 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent, for you can all prophesy one by one. You can continue, but... The point I just want to bring to your attention here is that we can all prophesy one by one because of the Holy Spirit that has come upon us. And Paul says, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. And I am saying that I agree with him. You would think that, why so? Are we therefore not saying that those people who are or not giving grounds for people who prophesy to be proud, no. It is exactly the opposite side. And if you follow me well, you would understand why we say that it is the opposite side. Already, the church in Corinth was proud. The members were pride. They were fighting one another on the use of the Holy Spirit. So Paul was completely trying to discourage pride. But by saying this, he was talking about things that brings edification. Things that bring edification. If you prophesy, then you are trying to bring edification to the church. And he's saying that all of you, listen, you cannot prophesy because the spirit is on you. And then if you continue, when you come together, you know, verse 26, what then shall I say, brothers, when you come together, Everyone has a hymn. All of us have the Spirit of God together. And Paul is now showing us how to allow the gift to operate in us. And by uh, demonstrating or showing us how we should allow the Spirit to work together as one people, he says, when you come together, if someone has a hymn. So here you realize that if we say that you prophesy, is not only declaring it, publicly by saying that says the Lord. When God said that he speaks to people, speaking does not only come from speaking the mind of God or knowing the mind of God or hearing the voice of God does not only come, uh, come from just standing here and say that says the Lord. But God can speak to you and then you can bring a hymn. 
the hymn will be a form of prophecy to some people. And it will answer somebody's prayer. The hymn. You know, the sister jumped. She jumped. That was not prophecy. But he heard the voice of God. And bringing it to the church is an edification to people. Something that edifies. If someone has a word of instruction, a teaching, how can you get a word of instruction? It means the Lord has spoken to you. The Lord has spoken to you. So bring that one too to the church. An insight that you have received from the Bible. When I read the Bible, I have insights. That time that does not allow us, us to bring all. I wish there were enough time. But that is not it. So if you have a word of instruction through the reading of the word of God, you come out, you bring it. It is hearing from God. The Spirit has come upon you and therefore revealing the mind of God to you through that ways. He says a revelation. It could be a vision. It could be a dream. A word of knowledge. Bring this one out. A tongue or interpretation. Bring it out. All of these things must be done for the strengthening of the church, for edification. And Paul is concerned about edification. If anyone speaks in tongues, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. This is verse 27. 28, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Because the people were displaying, were speaking in tongues. And Paul wanted to cool them down and bring order to the church. And saying that that is not only the way that God speaks to people. But God speaks through diverse ways. This is what he was trying to encourage. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what he said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting by, the first speaker should stop. So it should not be that this man is speaking, this woman is speaking, this person is speaking. God is a God of order. So we have taught in the church of Pentecost that now if you want to prophesy, don't sit at where you are sitting. Come forward. Take the mic and then speak. So that if even something is not going on well, the leader can gently um, stop you and let you carry on. Sometimes the person has even finished the, the prophetic message, but he wants it to be long and he continues adding and adding and adding. So he needs somebody to stop him. No, when I tell you how to receive the prophetic message, you realize that the human nature comes in. I'll come to that one later. But it comes in. So order is very important. Then 31, Paul saying that, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophet. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. This is what Paul, the possibility or the potential is there. Everybody can also prophesy. However, he continues that God has also given, given people different gifts. Now, if all can prophesy, 
and God has given people gifts, what is he trying to say? And if you continue, you say that are all apostles, are all prophets, are all evangelists, eh? can all, uh, do all speak in tongues, do all, then he was talking of various spiritual gifts. Now the spirit has come upon all of us and we all, we all can hear the voice of God. Yet, there may be some people who are gifted with the gift of prophecy. If somebody is gifted with the gift of prophecy and God gives that person a message, the person can easily bring it up. But if somebody is not gifted with the gift of prophecy, God will still speak to that person. In that case, that person may not be able to bring it out. It does not mean that God has not spoken to that person, but God has spoken to that person through another means, and he can share uh, what the Lord has told him, if it was through dreams, intuition, or any other thing, through the way that that person is very, very comfortable with. Because if you come to Romans 8, 14, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. They are the children of God. And how can a person be led by the Spirit of God? You have to have the Spirit in you, and the Spirit would have to communicate to you. He may prompt you. He may cause you to do something. That is being led. So if you are not being led, then you are not a child of God. And therefore, if those people who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, then you must be led by the Spirit of God. So the leading is the way through which God communicates to his people. It can come through observation, through reading the scripture, through a song. You know, somebody may even read a passage. One time I had prayed when the then chairman of the church, Chairman Safo, died. By that time I was studying in the UK. And I was worried when I heard of his death and could not understand it. Because when he was sick, in Ghana here, the church set aside fastings and prayers. Then strangely, in UK where I was studying to, myself and Apostle Achu at that time, the Ilim Pentecostal church set some days and fastings to be prayed for him. Yet he died. Well, I prayed and prayed and prayed, wanting to hear something from God. But I did not hear from him through dreams, through visions, or through prophecy. But somebody was reading a passage to preach. And even when he read the passage, he did not even preach on the passage. If you were to mark him homiletically, he could have got, he could have failed. Because it was not well done at all. But the passage answered my prayer. He read the passage when Jesus, uh, John sent a message, uh, some messengers to go and see our Lord Jesus, whether he was the Messiah or not. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke and said that the cripples were rising up, the blind seeing, the deaf healing, and blessed is the one who does not take offense on account of me. That settled my issue. And it gave me a message I entitled, The Controversial Jesus. <laughs> the Controversial Jesus. 
So I had that message. You see, so the message didn't come through prophecy. It did not come through vision. It didn't come through a dream. But it came through someone's reading of scripture. That person might have been obedient to God by reading the message. And I said that if we were to mark him, we would have marked him wrong. But God had marked him 100% <laughs> because he had done what God wanted. As Christians, once you are obedient, God will lead you in whatever you, you do. And the promptings of the Holy Spirit is something that is wonderful. When I was the rector of Pentecost University College, I was going to speak at Kaneshi Regional Prayer Meeting. I had many messages there, but none of them was dawning on my heart. And I like listening to God. I said, no, the Lord, what should I preach? The message that I had prepared was not dawning. I mean, I was not in the message. And I don't want to preach a message that I am not in. However, I said, all right, I have to put something down. When I go, I will preach it. Not knowing that God had a different thing altogether. When I went there and began to speak, just greeting them, I started with a song that one of the students had received. And as I sang the song, the meaning of the song imparted the congregation so much that we continue. And then after that, another song relating to that came. I asked them to enter into prayer. We enter into prayer. We had a break. And then other songs came. And that day, we only had to pray and worship God. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was wonderful. People had revelations of some of the founding members coming to the church there. And surprisingly, that day, Apostle Akron was around in Greater Accra here. He was one of the pastors in Accra. And he said that was, no, it wasn't Apostle Akron. It was uh, now Apostle Lando. He was introducing me. And when he was doing the introduction, he said that today, the Lord is going to do something that he had never done. And then he said, when he sat down, the devil came in and said, you, what is God going to do that he has not done? <laughs> then he said, the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the devil warned him and accused him that you, you have made a fool of yourself. Why should you make such a statement? So when I got up and these things happened, we had to spend about one and a half hours to two in prayer and worship. Later on, calling people who had needs to come forward and they were touched. The Lord did wonderful that day. Then I realized, so oh, that's why the Holy Spirit didn't want, want me to worry myself by having to bring a message. But I said, no, how can I go without a message? A touch of him alone can change your life and set fire, the Holy Spirit fire in your soul. And that soul would cause you to do the will of God. So that touch, a little obedience, a little obedience of God led the whole meeting into the presence of God. So in your life, if you are able to hear from him and you are obedient, you will see signs and wonders in your ministry. Now, 
There is the potential for everybody to prophesy, but not everybody will prophesy. However, God speaks to everybody. So when God speaks to you, you may not be able to bring it as that says the Lord. But bring it in any other way that God gives you the ability to say. By that, Paul is saying that all of us can edify the church. So if everybody can bring a word from God, then if you prophesy and I bring a hymn, I bring a lesson, another person bring a lesson, a teaching, then all of us can say, what is God saying to us? So, corporate, hearing God's voice corporately. Not only an individual saying that God has spoken to me and we take it. He said that even with the prophets, those sitting around should test it and see whether what they are saying is from God or not. And this is the mistake of many people. When somebody stands up and says, they think that that's all. Once he has said, that says the Lord, what he has said should be taken. No! He says that those people around should test it. And if you go to Thessalonians 5, he says that you must not despise prophecy